Well, hello and welcome to our second episode of Keep the Seek, the podcast. Um, we are here this time. It is uh, myself, Joseph Leggett again, and my beautiful bride, Sandy Leggett. Hi. Hey, how are you? I'm doing awesome. I love how we're saying hi like we haven't been hi. around each other it's all so day. It's so good to see you again. Uh, yeah, it's great to see you <laughs> from, you know, a few seconds ago and a few seconds before that times 13 years. It's always a good time. It's great. I, it is really good. We, maybe we should just stop doing this and go play tennis. That's what we oh, want to do, I right? I would love to do that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you think it's, do you think the rain's over enough? Uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But anyways, I guess we might need to actually finish this first. Uh, yeah, we have been meaning to do this. So okay. All it's right. Probably a good idea. So here on this second episode, what we're trying to do is uh, actually put together a continuation of a Bible study that we've been doing with our youth group for quite a long time. Yes. Um, we've been going through the Old Testament, which strangely enough, many uh, pastors in the world today um, along with uh, various other youth directors, they I've heard, I've literally heard this several times, even in just the last year. Mm. I don't like the Old Testament. Oh yeah, it's not very popular right now. And I that always just I don't get it. I, let me say well, this: I get it, and I don't get yes. it. Yes, I get it because of the way that the Old Testament has been presented. Yes, we've but, had um, really a sort of a. Uh, I don't even really quite know what to call it, but there's a mainstream way, I guess you could say, that we've been taught. In, in, Angry God. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Everyone dies. Yes. Uh, yeah. Old Testament God is angry God. Violence. Or, violent God. I, yeah. I yeah. always have found, I've gone through the Old Testament with my youth groups a number of times. I mean, just since we've been here in First Methodist, I think this is my fourth time through the Old Testament. Yeah. Just kind of. We do like to touch on it. I, I find learning these old Bible stories is richly rewarding. Um, obviously, it probably does matter uh, how you interpret it, um, right. like any scripture. How it's taught and the way that you receive it, the way you learn about it definitely is what's uh, going to be a, a lasting effect. And for me, you know, it, we have been going, I think we started with Abraham. No, uh, we, this time around, we started with Jacob. And now we've reached, we've gotten all the way to Joseph. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, somebody I kind of like. Hi. Joseph, this is the Joseph of many, Coat of Many Colors. And, you know, unfortunately, we haven't been with our youth for a few weeks, but we thought we'd get together today and pick up where we left off, which right. was right after Joseph is thrown into jail. Yes. Of course, that's after he's been sold into slavery by his brothers. Yes, that's and, true. Uh, and so He's we're, had kind of a long road up until the point that we're at now. He has. He's he, imprisoned, he is. as a matter of fact, where we had left off. Um, he was a man of honor and uh, declined to take Pharaoh's wife for himself. Not Pharaoh, it was Potiphar's wife. Was and, it? Yeah, he hadn't made it to Pharaoh yet. Now he's going to encounter oh, Pharaoh. No, I thought but, that was Pharaoh's wife. No, it was Potiphar. Now, Potiphar was a uh, powerful Egyptian, so he is up in the ranks of the government, of the power structure, right. um, but he's not Pharaoh himself. Okay, but, yeah, good to know. I'll yeah, make a note. I always okay. thought it was Pharaoh, and we read it together. And yeah, it's okay. thought it was Pharaoh's wife. Potiphar, Pharaoh, starts with a P. Well, maybe that's a common misconception, maybe and so. we've cleared that up for <laughs> more people than just me, maybe. Thank you for laying yourself on the altar of that misconception. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm so brave. Yes. Anyways, so yes, so uh, he did... 
uh, resists the temptation of Potiphar's wife, and uh, you and know he paid for it. He, he paid for it, although uh, you know with what he was accused of, he was only thrown in jail versus executed, which does say something for Joseph's character. Obviously, Potiphar, even though his wife was accusing him of something, there was a benefit of of the doubt there. Well, obviously, Joseph's character uh, stood out, and we're going to see that in today's story as well. And so once Joseph is in jail. Uh, again, he's been jailed, as, as uh, Sandy is mentioning, as my wife's mentioning here. He has been imprisoned for the accusation of rape. Uh, so, this is what he's going in with. And yeah. anyone in prison, uh, if you've ever worked, I've done prison ministry, you have we, as well. We We've done it together. Um, and everyone's innocent. <laughs> it is very bless their interesting. hearts, bless their hearts, bless but, their hearts. but everyone's innocent. Uh, and here we have Joseph going in truly innocent, mm. accused of something really nefarious, such mm-hmm. as rape, and not only rape, but rape of a prominent, powerful uh, family's uh, matriarch. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so this would lead us to think that he's basically going to just be put into a hole and left, and just left to. Um, just rot out the end of his days. And we see, and this is in Genesis uh, 39 at the end when he's put into prison. And the keeper of the prison put Joseph in charge of all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever was done there, he was the one who did it. The keeper of the prison paid no attention to anything that was in Joseph's charge because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it succeed. So we see that, you know, Joseph very quickly becomes the ad hoc warden of the of yes, the prison. It seems that wherever he goes, whatever circumstances are laid upon him. It happened with Potiphar. Right. He's in charge of everything. Happens now in jail, in prison. He's in charge of everything. The actual person the actual person in charge uh just says, Joseph, take over. Right? you yeah. you got it. Yeah. I, I trust you. You got it. Doesn't matter your I feel reputation. That way about you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> if it's a task for Joseph, then it's it'll get done. Well, that's very sweet. Um, everyone's going like, Ew, uh, get over it. Gross. Yeah, y'all, y'all are gross. Anyways, um, so so we see that even with the reputation that he's walking in to prison with, mm-hmm. that of an accused raper. Uh, and I'm I'm sorry. I know that's a harsh term, but it's that's what he was accused of. That's why he was in prison. Uh, and and he's he's something about his spirit is once again uh, resonates with the person who's actually in charge. Right. And we see this with Joseph many times. Yeah. He is Those put in authority charge. just felt um, that way about him. They it was did. a pattern that just kept repeating itself regardless of uh, his unfortunate circumstances. Yes. And so this is sort of the setting. Joseph is in prison. We're going to pick up in Genesis chapter 40. He's basically the first trustee, probably, well, that you could call. I mean, his presence has become more powerful mm-hmm. than his, as we know it, false reputation, right? His very presence, who he is in the moment uh, over these years that he's in prison, has become more powerful, more true to those around him mm-hmm. than anything that is what we would call today gossip about him. And I think that's an encouraging takeaway from this story. Absolutely. Uh, Especially in the church world and in small communities, small towns, uh, people get reputations. 
And, of course, our youth are probably already building these at this point. Sure, yeah. that's Whether they that know age, it or not. Right. <laughs> whether where they realize sort it. sort of figuring out who they are. And, and the people around them are deciding who they are. Right. And they're all taking notes. They are, know? unfortunately. Now, you know, they may not all stay here, but in small communities, be it a small town or a small church, um, things like reputation can be powerful and they can be... Uh, well, they, they can be powerful right. in positive and negative ways. Right. They have the power to precede you, um, yes. depending. Yes. And and I think one takeaway from the story for myself is that whatever your past is, you have the you have the ability in God to change it. Joseph shows this again yeah. and again. Yeah. He he comes in as a slave with Potiphar. And he becomes second in command of the house. He com- he comes in as an accused rapist in the prison, and he becomes the ad hoc warden. Right. Uh, his presence, his who he is in the moment. So so we can we can become bitter, or we can become uh, embarrassed, or ashamed, or you know either of those paths. Really let that reputation take your life over, right? And how much harder must that have been? Our mistakes can define us, and and what I think Joseph shows is that. Well, granted, he hadn't made those mistakes, really, but there are many times when we're innocent and we're accused of things mm-hmm. that the anger against the unfairness of that can stick with us longer than even sure. if we really did it. Yeah. Right? And I would imagine more so it, if it was a false accusation. Exactly. And and so I think, you know, again, just to, just to sum up that point, I think Joseph is showing or at least this story is showing that uh, one of the one of the wonderful things about our faith about faith about uh, walking with God with with the spirit if you will is that every day is a new day you can you can Thank change God. yeah right Thank God and and with God you can change that so okay so that's the setting starting with verse 1 Sometime after this, the cupbearer of the king of Egypt and his baker committed an offense against their lord, the Pharaoh. Pharaoh was angry with his two officers, the chief cupbearer and the chief baker, and he put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guard, in the very prison where Joseph was confined. Hmm. The captain of the guard appointed Joseph to be with them, and he attended to them. Here they continued for some time. One night they both dreamed, interesting it was the same night, the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt, who were confined in that prison, each his own dream, each dream with its own interpretation. When Joseph came to them in the morning, he saw that they were troubled. So he asked Pharaoh's officers who were with him, why are your faces downcast today? They said to him, we have had dreams and there is no one to interpret them. And Joseph said to them, Do not interpretations belong to God? Please tell them to me. What do you think about that so far? I really, what really interested me that I, I would love to get more information about is when Joseph says to them, Do not interpretations belong to God? I, I would love to know the substance of that statement. He says it another time. Uh, we're going to learn later in the story. Um, he is tasked with uh, interpreting Pharaoh's dreams. So this is where Pharaoh does come into the story. Okay. Um, but uh, again, he always has a way of doing that. He reminds me of David. 
David has a way of any time praise is thrown David's way, David, I mean, you can't see me right now, but David has a way of catching it and throwing it up to God. Yeah, right. And, you know, Joseph to me is showing that he's he's not taking credit. Sure. So he's in effect saying... Um, I want to help. Right. But all glory to God. Exactly. You know, and, um, you know, he's obviously, he wants to know and he's asking and, and I wonder how he... Well, I mean, you see this with Joseph early on. You know, part of what upset his brothers was when he had the dream um, where they were, their bushels of wheat were all bowing, bowing down to him. To his him. arrogance came in. And you have um, to think he maybe learned a lesson at this point. Right. And maybe that's what he's illustrating here he, when he's going, Glory to God. Yeah. He had been humbled. Dreams. Right. Yeah. yeah. If, you're, if you don't have the scripture in front of you, then let me just give you the highlights real quick. So basically, the cupbearer tells Joseph his dream, and then the baker tells Joseph his dream. That's right. They're very similar, yet they're also very different. The cupbearer's dream um, is one that ends up being a positive future for him. So, the cupbearer dreams that there is a vine and there are these branches and these branches bud and blossoms set forth. And Joseph accurately interprets this to mean that the Pharaoh is going to forgive the cupbearer and he is going to invite the cupbearer back into his court. And basically, he's going to get his job back and he's going to be back in favor with his Pharaoh, you know, more than likely, he um, cared about what the Pharaoh thought about him. He wanted to be back there. It wasn't just a job. This was a life. Right. And so, Joseph is, uh, you know, interpreting this dream to mean that. Now, the baker... After, oh, the poor baker. Uh, yeah, it's not a happy ending it's for the baker. Not, it doesn't end well for And he's going to not survive. He's going to lose right. his head he over it. He's going to lose his life. And uh, so, and this is what happens. And he tells the cupbearer... Please remember me, because he knows the cupbearer. Joseph not only interprets the dream, but he trusts his interpretation. Right? He knows. Right. Without again, I don't. I I feel like Joseph has lost his arrogance at this point. I think yeah. he learned it in a tough way. Yeah, he was had a harsh humbling when his brother sent him to to slavery after his initial dreams that he interpreted, and he came out and he told everyone how you know amazing he was going to be. Yeah. Um, I do feel like I, I feel humility from Joseph at this point, but I also sense that confidence that is good. That it's yeah. hard for us to talk about. It's it's kind of related right. to that good kind of pride, mm-hmm. um, where he he knows what he has been given. The interpretation he's been given is true. He knows the cupbearer is going to go back, and he asks the cupbearer, "Please remember, remember me. me." Yeah, the cupbearer doesn't, <laughs> at least not for a long time, for years. But nonetheless, at this part in the story that we're looking at, um, what are the takeaways? Well, I know what mine are, but do you have any so far? The thing that I, I find most interesting is that there seems to be obviously the pattern here. We're able to see that Joseph has the ability to interpret dreams the reason his brother sold him off was because he had a, a dream that he felt was uh, divinely inspired for him. And so from the beginning, 
I feel like Joseph knows that his life is not going to be ordinary. He knows that there are going to be, um, he will eventually be in a place where there are others, including his own family, that will be bowing down to him. I believe that Joseph tells the cupbearer, remember me, because he, as much hardship as he's had up to this point, I think that he remembered that initial dream. I think that he believed completely that that dream was to come to fruition. And even though there were all these roadblocks that seemed as though he probably was never going to see that dream realized, right. he does. Yeah. And so I just like that, um, like you said, he learns his lesson. The arrogance falls away. He gives God credit. You know, when there's anything that he's able to do or to help someone with. And uh, at the same time, he he's just really holding on to that faith that regardless of the arrows that have been slung, that that initial what he might have felt was a promise from God. Um, you know, as we'll see in the end, it uh, it is something that the success that, you know, it says the Lord was with him and made him right. successful, yeah. that never goes away, regardless right. of the the things that he has to endure. Um, so I just really find the whole dream interpretation is pretty interesting, and just that he had faith in what God told him right up front, that one day he would be in a in an exalted place. Hmm. Yeah, I, well, I hadn't thought about that. I wonder how much he, uh, I wonder, you know, in this place that he's at, um, even though I'm making the point that he trusts his interpretation of the cupbearer's dream, I wonder how much he's still trusting his initial dream as a child. You would think there was probably some doubt. Yeah, right? You know, I mean, how at this point, I mean, after all he's been through, slavery, mm-hmm. By, by his brothers. By your own family, uh, at the hands of your you own know, family members. You know, the, uh, accused, falsely accused of rape. And, you know, so, uh, yeah, I hadn't really thought about that. That's a great, that's a great take uh, that, uh, you know, what, how, you know, and, and, and to relate it to us today, when, when life doesn't necessarily go the way that you wanted it to, mm. or you expected it to, which it didn't for Joseph, how much are you willing to enable and, uh, you know what? What does it take even to maintain you know that faith? Not only in that God is real and exists, but that that specialness that you felt when mm-hmm. you were young—that you know you still are that even mm-hmm. after life has dealt you, you know the, the blows words. that it might blow, hit you with. So my takeaway: we, we're just we just got a few more minutes, but my takeaway uh, is that. Uh, and I don't think it's going to be better than yours. That was really good, but no. it's just—is it—is it a contest? Not, yeah, of course. Yeah, I think we're going to have an applause meter uh, next time. That's a good idea. That, it, when, didn't we? I, I grew up with shows with applause meters, right? Yeah, Maybe we should figure that out. <laughs> but anyways, um, I see someone who has a gift from God. They have an ability that is put into them from birth. It's in their bones. It's in their blood. You know, Joseph is able to interpret dreams. We see this through his whole story. We're referencing it all now from the mm-hmm. sto- the dreams when he was a child, 
uh, that got him in trouble to now he's in, he's interpreting others' dreams. And of course, uh, next week when we dive back into this, he's going to end up interpreting Pharaoh's dreams. So this dream interpretation thing is just a, a obviously a an ability, a skill, mm-hmm. uh, whatever you want to call it. It's a gift from God. And my takeaway, at least at this point, I'll add on to this next week when we look at how this plays out with Pharaoh. But at this point uh, in the story where we see Joseph interpreting the dream of two other people, I see the takeaway for me is that he is faithful to this ability, which is not something we talk Mm. about a lot. Like he's, he's remaining faithful to this calling, what we would call a calling today, mm-hmm. right? But it's an ability, it's a skill, it's a talent, but it's not something that does any good if he leaves it alone. It might be a God-given yeah. talent, but he's got to work with it. Mm-hmm. He's got to put effort into it. He's got to He's got to have faith in it enough. Right. To, Find the times to exercise it. To exercise it. it, to use it, to practice it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so... What I see here is two two sides of the coin. He's he's not allowed himself to get in in a validly low depressed place to where he's not even listening to this calling, right? Right. It's- he's he's managed to keep himself, which don't get me wrong. I understand depression. I understand having low times. I'm not judging anybody who has days or even weeks or even months where yeah. you just can't. Our days are do a gamble it. from yeah, I get <laughs> it. moment to I get moment it. sometimes. And I'm sure course. Joseph had these days and we just aren't hearing about them because this is a summary story. Nonetheless, in the end, Joseph is not letting it get him down in the end. In the end. And he's. He's remaining faithful to this innate ability that he has. Mm-hmm. And he's he's stepping up to the plate, if you will. And so that's takeaway number one for me. He's 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 remaining willing to just keep coming yeah, up and taking great. a swing. That's right. And 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 the sort of like part two of my takeaway, which, you know, uh I'm not I'm not even sure how useful this is, but he's willing to do it even when it's tough. You got to think telling the cupbearer this, that could not have been a comfortable situation. Well, the cupbearer, very positive, but telling the baker, Oh, right. Excuse me. Yeah. I probably threw you off there. That would be a very difficult conversation. Telling the baker, this would be so tough, right? Yeah. I mean, here he is eager to hear it. And Joseph just has to yeah, tell him the Yeah, scripture says that because he had read the cupbearer's dream favorably, he became excited, yeah. and then... And I'm not even sure. I mean, I'm going to be honest with y'all. Like, I don't know 100%, you know, pastors, youth directors, we try to always have, like, the perfect answer. I don't have it right now. I don't. I, don't. I just answers. know, I know there's something to... I can't I can't even tell you what the final answer is. I can just tell you there's a thread worth tugging at in that Joseph was willing to stick with this ability to mm-hmm. have again have faith in this ability whether it was a positive message or a negative one but he was he was willing to have faith in this ability not only when it got him somebody really happy with him but he was willing to have faith in this ability even when it was tough. 
Yeah. When it was hard. It, he was he was doing it yeah. either way. Yeah. And to me, that rings true. That rings authentic. And when it comes to our faith, we need nothing else these days, if not authenticity. Hmm. And and so that's that's my takeaways <laughs> from this story. And we'll pick it up uh, next week. I guess we'll All be right. where will we be? We'll be uh, we'll be picking it up when the cupbearer finally remembers Joseph uh, in Genesis forty one, and we'll we'll see what happens with Joseph and Pharaoh there. But anyways, for uh, for today. Uh, thank you for joining us here on our second episode of Keep the Seek. Uh, the I hope pod. it helps. Hope it helps. Hope hope you enjoyed something from it. If uh, if you're finding this on a platform that you can leave comments, please do. If not, then feel free to email us at keeptheseek at gmail dot com, or you probably got our numbers. Just text us. Yeah, just Whatever. Text us. <laughs> uh, I'm Joseph Leggett. Thank you for being here. I'm Sandy Leggett. Thanks for having us. All right. Well, y'all have a great week. Oh, we got to come up with a sign-off. <laughs> um, What's our sign-off? Our sign-off is for Channel 11 News. I, I think our sign-off should just be you doing bye in that high-pitched voice again. So here we go. I'm Joseph. I'm Sandy. Bye.